Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. Yeah! What's what's up? up? What's going on? Welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm your host, Michael McMillan, and with me always is your other host. I'm Bryce Johnson. And we've got our producer... Riley Brick. And today we have a very special guest. You yes, uh, see her on Marvel's Runaways on Hulu. She's been in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. She played my wife on an episode <laughs> of Major Crimes that Bryce was my also in. My favorite role ever. <laughs> it's Brittany Ishibashi. Hi. How's it going? It's good. Oh, man. This is, we're nice having a little uh, major reunion. reunion. Guest star <laughs> reunion <Yeah>. here. <laughs> totally. We had a blast on that show. We did. It was so fun. We, uh, it we, was. We brought comedy to major crimes. We really did. I mean, we had fun. I, I, but think also I'm, gravitas. Yeah, a yeah, little, yeah. Put some realness to yeah. it. Totally, oh, yeah. it was heavy. For I a don't while. even remember the plot of that one. Did we kill somebody? Yeah, I drove. Uh, oh, you yeah, killed somebody. I drove Your car my wa- drove somebody. Yeah, I remote controlled her <gasps> car off a cliff or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were like, a, it was like an American gladiator. Well, no, it was like a, it was like two a, couples against each we other. We were t- so our characters were our characters were reality TV. Show That's right. contestants. It was something within like the, the Amazing show. Race within the show. Yeah, we were the stuffed shirt couple, Brittany and I. Yes, the Dicker Hoofs. The Dicker Yeah, hoofs. and you were the I, co- I Cochran. 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 Yeah. Oh Boy, yeah. You guys got great Get memories. Um, but that's so funny. What a what a bunch uh, of dumb ways to die <laughs> or kill somebody. I I did an episode of Without a Trace where I literally stalked a girl off a cliff. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's powerful. Yeah, she's like, get away from me. I'm like, I love you, and then she fell off a cliff. That's amazing. And then I like caught her, and then I let her go. That's the. I role- did another show with you where you were killed somebody. I think. Really? When? I mean, I'm sure this is Emily how I've Weren't you like oh a, my a God. killer? Were you on Emily Owens? Yeah. Full time or yeah, guest Yeah, I was star? like a recur. Oh my God. But you were like... you. Ki- I played a trigger warning rapist <laughs> who had to have his, uh, 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 like a heart replaced. Right. Yes, yes. Guest stars are like the weirdest thing for an actor because there's so much heavy lifting and exposition and then the oh stories are just God. crazy. And usually you're like crying and like, oh, I did it. And then the, and then the series regular is like, cuff him. Yeah, and then the scene's over. Then, uh, two lines. Yeah, yeah, two yeah, words. Like my paycheck. Uh, I did. I've got. I just did my second NCIS. Uh, it's NCIS LA. Yes, coming a out couple soon. weeks ago. And it was one of those funny things where again, I'm in the interrogation room. I'm not saying whether I did it or not. Right. You, whether everyone goes in the interrogation room, of course. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, here I am, just <laughs> chucking out the exposition yeah. again while crying. Right. Like, right. Trying, it's just it's like, a talent. Boy, oh boy! And it was so funny because the main actors who were lovely, they're sitting across from me and they're like sneaking their food, like they've got it <laughs> hidden in the drawers. They've done a million of these. Totally. 
Yeah, they just put their like leg on a chair and just like do their listening eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've become like mm-hmm. real cops. Right. Where they're just like they're so used to this. Routine. They don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cops, we know you care. We know right? you we care. Don't care. <laughs> uh, Brittany, how have you been? What have you been up to? Um, I've been great. I've been. I'm on a break right now. We don't start season two for a while. Huge of Runaways. Hit. It's it's that's super exciting. Fun. And for the listeners at home, who do you play? I play Tina Minoru. Yeah, that's uh, Ki- uh, Kiko. Kiko. Nico. Nico. Nico's right. mom. I read the comics too. We have the magical mm. staff of yeah. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty that's cool. Awesome. She's like a the... dinosaur on our show. It's yeah. a cool show. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Which is also great because I picked the story for you today <gasps> with you and Runaways <gasps> in mind. Ooh. Little hint there. Mm. That would um, be great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that's pretty cool. So you get to be magic. Well, well so far, my so... character is. is Pretty clear that it's science. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Isn't right, it the right, right. same thing? <laughs> well, that's what we talk about on the show right? all the time. Science, so the magic, magic yeah. is really. I mean, it's just science that we haven't explained yet. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Brittany, uh, what is your personal paranormal history? I I'm a huge believer. Oh, great! I awesome. am. We haven't had one of those in a while. No, we've had a run of <laughs> a lot of skeptics. We've had a run of skeptics. Yes. Well, Kristen was a believer. Maria yeah. was not. Right. Right. Uh, so, what are you into? I well, I just feel like I've always had friendly ghosts around me. Oh. Um, never any creepy ghosts. Luckily. Okay, that's good. Luckily, that's great. All, those exist. All, they exist. I've heard lots of crazy stories, but for me, they've all been I. I guardian angels guardian spirits or just i mean i even see like at one point i saw like a ghost of my cat oh wow ghost cat ghost yeah. cat that's cool was it uh how when when, when did that happen tell get i was like in, oh yeah i was like in middle school and mm. it was he loved to sleep his name was spudley he loved to sleep in a little circle under my little white chair and through the desk in my room and like every morning i just kind of woke up and i'd go and i'd kind of like scratched behind his ear mm-hmm. and cuddled him and then went off to like go get ready for school and that this cat uh, had a hard life yeah this poor orange <laughs> county cat <laughs> and um had come home from from school that day and my mom was just like devastated and she said i didn't i wasn't able to tell you guys this morning when you left but um like in the middle of the night like our neighbor uh called and said that our uh you know you know, a coyote got a coyote Ugh. got spud. God, that sucks. And I was like, "What? That's impossible!" Like I saw him you... this morning, oh, and she was like, wow. "When did you see him?" I'm like, "He was in. He was under my chair, like he always is. This morning, I felt him. Like I felt his soft fur." And oh, she was wow. like, "No, like they and like the animal. They came to like get him, like in the middle of the night. Whoa! And he came to say goodbye. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, that's crazy, but interesting as well. I mean, that was nice." <laughs> I'm intrigued, you Sorry, know. So the wild. look on your face <laughs> was like, eh. um, I'm, I'm just, I'm sad because of that coyote. I know. Guy. Yeah, so no, I mean, coyotes. what a terrible way to go. Coyotes. But doesn't that parallel a lot of like the ghost stories we hear when, when maybe someone or something passes on, it mm-hmm. comes to let the person that, you know, cared and loved for them let, yeah. hey, you know, I'm okay. Yeah, and, we've had a couple of those where yeah. like their presence is very, is made known mm-hmm. around the time that they die, like around the moment that it happens. Yeah. Yeah, there's a certain window. Well, there's maybe. a period, right? Yeah, like they, seems to be. There's like I know, like That's with so Japanese culture, like my there's like a three day window mm-hmm. before their spirit, you know, yeah. passes on or whatever. That and so seems to vibe. My with... mom's dad, 
um, visited her before, like after he passed. Wow. And my, my mom's husband too, right in that, uh, really? yeah, I'm not, not even kidding. Window? So yeah. what, what is this three day window? Like, uh, well, I don't know. What's what's the, maybe the, like what I guess you it's were across saying. all cultures. Yeah. yeah. There was just a, uh, it seems to be there maybe a time, everything has a time and place. So maybe there's a, a time frame that, uh, maybe allows access to those types of things. Who knows? But where, yeah, where, where the, where the veil is thin or where they're able to right. yeah, still the communicate. Veil is thin, just yeah. like, what if those three days you're just like, it's like, uh, oh my God, I don't, I'm, I, I gotta wait to find out where You've I'm going. You've got the stopwatch right, right, going. Right. Like, jeez. The longest oh boy, three like, days. Yeah, just <laughs> like, the, turns out the longest three days of your life are after you that's, die. That's you your die. experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike's like, oh god, I got, oh god. I got one hour to Did go. Did you guys hear yet? What have you? Are you go? Oh, you got in? Oh, good. Right. Oh, I don't know. Waiting. I don't know. I'm still waiting. It's like when you test for a pilot and then you have to wait to see if <laughs> right. you get it. Uh, this stuff never no ends. Words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, what other ghosts? And so you said you had. So you have a ghost kitty. You had guardian angels. Are you religious? Not religious at yeah. all, at all. Um, but I, I, I feel like our, on both sides of my family, we've always had, um, like, just ghosts make themselves known and be like, you guys are cool. Like, we're hey, all guys. here looking after you. Yeah. Um, we, I have a crazy picture that I'm going to I'm gonna show you guys. Break take, it out. Like, yeah, uh, bring, what do you got? Uh, so, I'm going to show it to you first. Yeah, and we then love tell photographic evidence. Um, but, like, this is a panoramic picture that my uncle took when they took like a, this family trip to okinawa oh what but then so they went back to like their <sighs> grandfather's i mean this is what i'm assuming this right. is what i'm looking at here oh weird it's weird it was like he was taking this panoramic picture of um backyard it like looks this like. family home um and this is in in Okinawa, I forget the name of this. Okay, it's, 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 it's okay, but it's right. Okinawa. Yeah, and they. Uh, Ooh, very cool. As he's taking this panoramic picture, he sees like this green flash. And he didn't really think anything about it, and then he was looking through all the pictures later and like zoomed in. Was like, what the? Oh yeah, that's on the far right the of the far panoramic right. view. Oh, that looks very guardian angel. There's like a misty, uh, yeah, but humanoid figure with uh, it looks like some wings or something. Well, so to me, an, wow, what we that is really cool. Think is like, and like it's very f- much clearly a humanoid figure. It's yeah. like not just like I kind of see. Um, this is a family home. It's a family home, and we think it's my my great grandfather and um, his firstborn two year old son who had passed. Who he like when he was two, he like oh, wandered no. off and found like an irrigation ditch and drowned. Oh. And so I think that that's. The two of them. Like two of them. Like it feels like that's kind of it, like him sitting on his hip or something. It does kind of look like he's like... – I, I was going to say it does look like somebody's holding a, a, a little child or something. Yeah. That is so cool. Can, um, would you be okay yeah, if, we, if you sent this to me and we could yeah, post yeah. it on our Facebook? Yeah, that is really strange. And it's it's a little like um, – you know, and I know this is, it sucks when you're describing something visual, but like on a podcast, <laughs> but it's, it, it's all, it's, it is, it's very clearly a humanoid figure, but it's, a, it's also like a little out of proportion with everything else. This is something really fascinating. There even looks like there's a face in the bushes down here. Have you seen that? What? Look at that. There's a face right down in the bushes too. Do you see that? It's like the, the leaves. If you look well, down, looking, looking do you see there's like a. Almost looks like a face formed in the Who leaves there. Who is that? There. Do you see that? Do you see <laughs> what I'm looking at? That? I don't like that. We don't know him. That one doesn't look like a friendly one. Well, that's kind of weird. That could just be the light. But yeah, if you look down here, though, there's almost like a face in the bushes as well. 
This is a spooky photo. <laughs> this is giving me chills just looking at it. This is pretty cool. That's great. We cool. love when guests bring stuff like that. Show and tell. Yeah. yeah. Show and hear. So you've got grandfather ghost too. Grandfather then, ghost. So you clearly come from a family that's very open to all of this I, stuff. I feel like we all are. And they, I mean, there's my a personal story I have is I was I was in a really speaking of guardian angels I was in a really bad car accident where I it was raining and I like my car hydroplane went across four lanes on the 405 and skid like on a bunch of I don't know what they're called like ice plants it was like rubbery sure. plants so like I couldn't get traction on the plants kept speeding along couldn't like break flipped my car into a ditch and traveled upside down oh my god um, when was this i was in co- i was in college okay mm. um and uh traveled upside down for what felt you know like like a really long distance oh and they say those those moments too when you're in that the the time slows down yeah and like you everything's kind of slow yeah isn't that weird how that happens and yeah. you suddenly become hyper aware of every detail and every moment that's happening yeah mm-hmm. So you were upside down. Yeah, so I, was upside, so I was upside down. Didn't realize I was upside down. So I took my seatbelt off and was like, bonk, and fell on the roof of my car. But Whoa. the way the car had landed and was skidding were, I guess, the strongest points of the frame. So nothing came heading in. heading towards a crocodile pool. Where my car stopped, there was a highway patrolman right to the left writing someone a ticket. So he came running over to try and help pull me out. I was able to lift the passenger side door straight up this and climb out. This is like the opening out. of Crash. The movie Crash. <laughs> Um, but I had, I didn't have a single scratch on me. Whoa. Um, and I, it, it was, it was at a time in my life where I was kind of like, what am I doing? I'm in LA audition. What is this whole actor thing? And so like everything was in my car, like headshots, like floating mm. in this ditch oh, and like wow. scripts wow. and Samuel French plays and all this stuff. And it's like a living metaphor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Or> something. <laughs> and the high patrolman came running over and was like, you're in shock. Just get out of the car and call this this tow truck and when the tow truck finally came i climbed in and this little girl pops up from the back seat maybe like seven or eight and um she just starts walking back and forth in the cab of this like huge tow truck and she says hi my name's Brittany." and i said um oh hi my name's Brittany too and she says um i have two sisters named brianna and brooke they're twins and i said i have two sisters named brianna and brooke they're not twins but that's my sister's name. Oh That's super gosh. cool. And she just kind of went back and forth and she was talking at one point she pulled up like this, this like art pad and she said, do you want to see my drawings? And she says, this is me as a singer and this is me as a doctor and this is me tap dancing. And you know what? I can do anything I put my mind to because my dad says I can do that. And I said, that's what my dad says too. Like, that's really important. You should hold on to that lesson. And we just had like this beautiful conversation and um, there were just a bunch of little things that I didn't really, really put together till after. And she said, um, you know, and my dad's code name is November because his birthday's in November. And I said, oh, my birthday's in November and um, all these weird, crazy things. And, you know, they, they fish my car out of the ditch and we drive back to the tow yard and my dad comes to pick me up and um, he's like, oh my God, are you okay? And it was crazy. And said, everything's fine. We're like waving goodbye. And I was like, it was really sweet. I had this, you know, when they were getting my car out, they were, I was talking to, his, you know, his daughter in the back seat. And my dad was like, Who? And I was like, there was a little girl in the back seat. She was like his daughter. She goes along with him during the day to like on on these rides to like. And, and my dad was like, I didn't see anybody. Oh, that's wild. What? <laughs> that's very weird. Whoa. Isn't that weird? 
I was afraid she was going to be like, and this is a picture of I drew of you in your car crashing. Right. She's like, God, yeah. whatever she drew. <laughs> this I weird mean, parallel. Yeah. Like, no, God, that's so, uh, wow. So what do you think that was? Do you think there was a real little girl or do you think it was like some kind of guardian to me, angel? it felt like she was super real. Like, in, and I don't know if it was just me and my shock. I mean, I it, as in my memory, totally. like, it just feels like that was just his daughter who was in the car with him. Yeah. Um, with all these weird coincidental things. Did she look like you? She looked like my cousin. Okay. She looked like my cousin. Um, and I remember I, I clocking that when I was in the car talking to her, but she, I don't know. And I never, you know, I never really thought like, I tell this story sometimes people are like, did you ever try and call this November guy and right, be like, right, Hey, right. did you have a daughter? Yeah. I wonder um, if it, um, even just the, the fact that a, a guy who operates a tow truck lets his brings daughter, his, like, like seven year old daughter, walk along. Around, you said, walk around in a cab. I'd like it. Put your seatbelt on for God's <laughs> well, sake. You know, there's I'm, almost, run a tow run truck. A yeah. There's like a thing where I wondered if it was almost like a projection of your own inner child. That was like comforting you in that moment. And in that moment, too, when you were kind of like you said, the accident happened in a moment where you're really kind of questioning things. Sure. That's why I was like, did she look like you? Because I wondered if she was like, if you could be like, oh, my God, I was like talking to a little kid version of myself. Who knows knows the head trauma that you might have been under? Not not that that shock, the adrenaline could release some sort of uh, who knows, you know, or yeah, like it all could just be like, that's so that is such a weird, weird? cool story. And so where was your dad during that? So I had I like you said, who you you said your dad didn't see the little girl. No, he came to pick me up at the tow yard and was like, okay. was like talking to, I didn't know his real name, November. Right. Um, who <laughs> is code, code name yeah. November. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, about the car and it was like not salvageable. And, um, right. And then like, they like, then they, like dropped everything off. He picked me up and, you know, and we, and we left. So he, my dad visit, uh, saw, saw the guy. Yeah. Okay. Came to get us so weird. That's cool though. You know, I'm from three BRs, Brendan, Bryce, and Brett. And, uh, that's right. I remember. Yeah. And whenever about, my yeah. mom would get mad at me, she would, Yeah, it's like Tourette's, you know, it was the best. It's like, it's Bryce. I'm coming. Yeah. We would get called. My mom used to go down, our dogs, she'd be like, Max, Angus, Joe, Sarah. She'd go through all my family. Then she'd be like, Michael. And I'm like, she finally get to me. I call my dog Violet. I call her by my niece's name all the time. I don't mean, and she's not in trouble. I'm just like, Aww. call her by the wrong name. So I come from a family that like cannot get people's names straight. You know, when I asked my mom, I said, if you were ever have a daughter, what would you name? She said Brittany. Aww, so she was going to continue br- with the BR. You would have been a Brittany. Active. I was going to be <laughs> Kathleen. My middle Ooh. name, uh, my mom's maiden name is Hunt. And my middle name was supposed to be Hunt. And then my Michael Hunt. Well, Michael Hunt? nickname it. Give me the nickname. Oh yeah, Mike Hunt. Yeah. And my <laughs> grandfather, before she named me, no, was no, like, yeah. "You can't, you can't name him Hunt. Middle name Hunt." She goes, "Why not?" And he was had to explain it to her because I guess when he was in World War II, the guys in his company used to call him Mike as a nick. His name was Charles, but he right. would call him Mike as a nickname. He's like, "Don't do that." And my mom was like, "Oh, oh, oh. yeah." Well, so, I still like it. So, I'm just, so yeah, yeah. Well, she 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 changed her middle name to that now to keep it in the family, and I got my. My grandfather's name Charles is my middle name, but anyway, guys. Well, we like middle name talk. New segment. <laughs> Speaking of new segments, uh, do we have some uh, top of the news oh, story? Is it to- oh, yeah. I mean, do I do for- go. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I was just thinking. Uh, you know, there was an interesting article that came well, out. Let's the- cue the music. Yeah. <gasps> Stand by. 
BCC News out of Los Angeles. Uh, no, uh, uh, yeah, no. So there was an interesting thing, and in you you sent this to me out of the Washington Post. They were kind of piggybacking. And we posted off this of, uh, on the Facebook page. Yeah, off of a big too. expose that came out in uh, in the New York Times in December. Do you know about this, Brittany? I'm not sure what's so there was a right big now. real quick. There was a New York Times article that came out December. I think it was like the 18th, mid, yeah. mid December, right before okay. Christmas, where basically a guy had retired from a division in the Pentagon. That they admitted that they were doing black book operations studying uh, UFO craft. Yeah, it was a big acknowledgement of uh, the 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 military and the the military was funding. You know, through Senator Harry Reid, about twenty two million dollars of their defense budget had gone to a program called Advanced Aerospace Initiative Threat Program. So basically, it was a big kind of. a splash across the page that says, hey, you know, we're spending government money on on looking into UFOs and stuff like that, which a lot of people just were like, no, yeah. that they don't the government doesn't care about that. But, stuff, a, but along with the article, they also released a podcast on their daily podcast, which mm. is great. If you can go find it, I think it's December. Yeah, 18th, that was great. Where this woman interviews, she, she's usually covering like the NSA or, you know, um, and uh, other in the, the defense department, she's like not a reporter that's into like UFOs or the paranormal. She basically met with this guy and he admitted that they had been tracking craft that were foreign to the U.S., possibly foreign. Like, yes, yeah, he came was, just uh, short of being like, yeah, they're alien. But he basically said there are things that we trail and and um, study that we do not know what these crafts are. Yeah. They have nicknames well, for them. Not like only one's that. called the Tic Tac because it's oblong and white and glowing and they don't know what well, it is. Well, not only that, they admit mentioned within the article that they had recovered high tech uh that's it they had uh, a warehouse where they, they had, had a warehouse stuff. yeah and believe it or not the actually and program footage. ended through yeah and then they were also able to release three separate videos um one which they posted in the article of an f-18 hornet pilot um chasing uh this thing so they have it on video I'll be happy to show it to you but these pilots as you can tell the they, they show the audio they play the audio as well and they're like oh my god what is that thing and it, wow. they're like it's 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 changing shape and it's, it's incredible so video. what happened in the washington post what, what was well the... they were just kind of uh piggybacking saying um you know this is a. Uh, the military keeps encountering UFOs. Why doesn't the Pentagon care? Um, and because in that New York Times article, they the program had actually gotten shut down unofficially. The the head of the the program, Louis Al- Elizondo, he said, you know, they're still running it um, on a de facto sort of basis. But uh, but it kind of got its own stigma within the Pentagon, where people were being that were in, uh, top secret in the know couldn't talk to other people in the Pentagon about it. And then up the chain of command, people were like, the people who were in the know were kind of quiet about it and yeah. weren't allowed to talk about it. And the people who weren't in the know made fun of well, UFOs. Of because- and that's what this one says, which I love this sentence. Nobody wants to be the alien guy in the national security bureaucracy. <laughs> Nobody wants to be ridiculed or sidelined for drawing attention to these issues. And now this is true up and down the chain of command. And it's it's serious and it's a recurring impediment to progress in investigating these things, this Post article uh, yeah. points out. Not only that, it, it, there was an article in the USA today um which it's is finally catching on that's catching basically on. our point yeah. is like it took right. this long be, because of the news cycle that we live in now and the world we live in right, right. now that uh, that literally there's news that came out in december about the government yeah. admitting to the existence of <laughs> ufos and the fact that they were studying them and it's taken what three months yeah. before yeah. the washington post and the usa and now usa today is going hey wait a minute wait wait, wait what was that what's, go back? Back? Yeah. what's going on because that's that would be huge news under any other 
time period. Yeah, I mean, well, I completely missed that. Well, especially when they when they um, it was right before Christmas. So yeah, you're not paying attention. I, anyway, <laughs> when they deliver those videos along too, so that not only is it this great contextual piece with uh, testimony when they release the video too, it just when you put it together, it's like it's it's really mind boggling stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's when Mike and I were always like, why isn't anybody talking about this? I mean, I mean, we've we been talking about it on the podcast <laughs> since we started, since it came out, but we're like, no one is talking about this. Well, the most famed government program searching into UFOs and, and the like was called Project Blue Book, ran by a guy named J. Allen Hynek. And that program ended in 1969. So until that long period of 69 through up until now, right. we as the general public have believed that the government has been out of the business of UFOs. And what he has been saying or is... Or your government conspiracy, conspiracy theorist who's like, they know everything. They know and everything. They're, and they're yeah. building their own UFOs and there's going to be UFO... So yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and that's what this guy says. You know, they actually shut the program down in 2012 due to the disinterest of... Uh, of Congress and, and this uh, sounds more like the way it probably really is, where they're like, yeah. "Yeah, we're studying this stuff, but we're not any further ahead than anybody right. else." So you can just imagine right. some fun chairman going, "Well, I like your video, but let's move on." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Well, and right now, too, the way government's going in Washington, it's like this stuff's not, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's so many empty seats right now. <laughs> it's true, and uh, so many different departments. Um, Brittany, so uh, where do you stand on UFOs? Are you open to the idea of aliens? Absolutely open yeah i want to know of someone have you ever seen have story. you ever seen any I've lights never... or any, have any strange encounters oh i haven't yeah mm. what about bigfoot what i've about... never i've never met big, bigfoot or a big <laughs> you've never met bigfoot you've, i've never met you've got to meet him you never... got... he's re... i hear he's he says... a really fun guy yeah and smells way better than you think yeah right. um but are you open to the idea of there being some type of Harry Simeon living in character, yeah, like living in or the or multiple. multiple ones living in the woods, big big foots, yeah, big, big feet. feet, big yeah. feet, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Sure. Um, I honestly, I don't know too much about the big feet. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. About yeah, the big f- he'd probably prefer it that way. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. He's like clearly trying to mind his own business. In this podcast, I always like to kind of. Uh, couple them together with the uh, the UFO um, and the alien phenomena as, right. as, as well as this uh, this sort of cryptid Bigfoot creature, which seems to be sort of a forest gatekeeper. And and there's a lot of accounts of, uh, of people witnessing uh, Bigfoot and then lights in the sky before or either after the event of, uh, of a witness of report. Him? Yeah. Oh. So I've always I've always liked to imagine him not so much as a, a flesh and blood missing link, but if something more of the, you know, yeah, something more along those realms. And on that note, on that we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about a special visitor that visited a small town in Iowa mm. in 1903. That's where my family's from. Uh-oh. <gasps> Be right back. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And we're back, Bigfoot Collectors Club, and it's time for High Strangeness. Now, Hello? Mm-hmm. I can draw pictures of anything and then it happens. Uh, this story was a actually a listener request. I I, I uh, sent out a an APB for uh, stories that the, I wanted our listeners to uh, that they wanted us to cover on Facebook a couple uh, weeks back. See, uh, so we care. So we care. And here's Aww. one of the first ones that popped up is the story of the Van Meter Visitor. Mm. This is a good one. It's a cryptid. It's it's uh, much in line with the recent Mothman sightings that have been happening in Chicago. Yeah. So I wanted to p- pick, piggyback. We like to say piggyback on this. Yeah. Have you heard about the Van Meter Visitor? I have not heard about right, the Van Meter. All right, cool. Well, you're in luck. <laughs> listen to this. So Van Meter, Iowa, 1903. And Van Meter is a very small town outside of Des Moines. Still is. I think the population is like thousands, yeah. maybe small. rough, small, small. And in, in 1903, it was your picturesque little, you had your Main Street, kind of Western looking town. Of course, you know, they had uh, telephone wires and automobiles were just starting to, you know, be a main, you know, a uh, uh, mainstay in American culture. Uh, so we're we're thinking turn of century little town western you know midwestern town. Uh, this it kind of looks like hill pictures of it. It looks like Hill Valley in Back to the Future Three when they go back in time. It right. looks like that. So we're you know it's like just fifteen years past Deadwood time period. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar with these small towns. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, on one a.m. on Tuesday, September 29th, a tool salesman named Ulysses G. Griffith was returning home to the sleepy town of Van Meter, Iowa, when he spotted a light on the roof of the Mather and Gregg building. Believing it was a burglar carrying a lantern, Griffith watched in awe as the light blinked out and then reappeared on a neighboring rooftop across the street. Unable to wrap his brain around how a man would be able to leap across the street in a single bound, Griffith shrugged it off and went home to bed. <laughs> Don't worry about it too much, but he thought, that's very odd. So, well, got to get up early in the yeah, morning. Well, so. Got to go back and sell some tools. Uh, Wednesday, the next day, September 30th, the next night, around the same time, 1 a.m., this is a recurring pattern you're going to find out, Dr. Alcott, awoke to a bright light shining through his bedroom window. Frightened, Alcott grabbed his shotgun and marched outside to confront the what he thought was a burglar, only to discover a large, half-human, half-bat-like creature with a beak and a single blunt horn on its forehead. Mm. The monster shot a beam of light out from the horn, and uh, Dr. Alcott fired at the monster with no visible effect, the creature took off, leaving Dr. Alcott stunned. All right, so we have this weird, almost dinosaur-like creature. Wow. Half bat. This is an illustration of what they, the, oh. the Van Meter monster oh or my the Van gosh. Meter visitor looks like. He almost looks like a pterodactyl bat creature with sort of a beak. Like a bad guy from Voltron. Yeah, yeah and he's shooting a beam of light meet. out of his forehead. This is a really weird cryptid. I think he's awesome. I think he's pretty cool, too. I mean, I don't see a lot of human characteristics in this illustration. Yeah, he's got these pterodactyl no. arms for the yeah. listeners. They're sort of... Uh, he, they said he had three prong, three toe feet, 
And then um, the his attached. arms were attached to his little claw-like hands yeah. like a bat um, or a petrosaur. So word starts to spread around uh, both of these stories around town. Small town, everyone's starting to go, have you heard about the weird burglar? Um, <laughs> shoots light out of its head, and it's got leathery reptilian wings. I don't know. <laughs> By the way, going to be a gin rummy tonight? <laughs> mm, where's my sick and hoop, boy? I'll see. Um, let's go play a little knick-knack paddywhack. Uh, the townsfolk couldn't believe that a monster was invading their town, but the rumors of burglars had citizens on edge. Mm. And one of those people was a respected bank manager and pillar of society, Pete Dunn. So Thursday, October, th- October 1st, so this is two nights later. Pete Dunn spends Wednesday night, uh, spent that Wednesday night guarding his bank, and early Thursday morning, in, uh, he uh, he was guarding his bank because he was worried that these burglars were going to come and, and and rob the bank. And just as the clock struck one a.m., Pete heard a loud noise like someone being strangled, like <laughs> that kind of sound coming from outside. And he peers out the window. And boom, gets blinded by this bright light, which started scanning the room. And as the beam scanned the room, he got Pete got a good look at what was uh, causing it. And he saw the source was a leathery winged creature, just like the one that Dr. Alcott had described. The visitor had returned, and Pete answered the call with a shotgun blast through the window, point-blank range. Again, the monster seemed to take no damage and flew away. Now, Pete ran out in the street. It had been a rainy week, and so there there was mud everywhere. And the creature left three-toed tracks in the soft earth, which done, Pete Dunn, being a smart man he is, man. He, made a class, he made plaster casts of them. This is like ahead awesome. of his time, this yeah. dude. Awesome. All right, so we don't know what happened to those, but he made casts of, of the feet. Uh, now, everyone in town loves Pete Dunn. This dude is the man. In fact, he would later go on to become mayor of... Um, of Van Meter. So if Pete said there was a monster, if Pete Dunn said there was a monster, well, then by there's, God, a, there was a, there's monster. a monster. Now everyone starts taking it seriously. So that night, Mr. White, so Thursday night, co-owner of the hardware store, was sleeping in the second story room above his business. I love all these guys are just sleeping in their offices. Yeah. By the way. This is back right. when you just like right. lived above the place that you worked. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and uh, either that or they're just all guarding, you know, from there's a real burglar fear. Happening. I don't know what was happening in 1903, but apparently there were burglars everywhere. Um, I love how they all have shotguns. Too. Oh, yeah. They're all this is like right. this is like right. the NRA dream come true. All right. this is like, by golly, get your gun and guard yourself against a light. Three-toed. Yeah, three-toed. Light shooting ter- tetrasaur, because um, they're out there. Because they, they want your money. <laughs> they are out there, and they want you. They gonna, you're going to get burgled. Uh, burgled. So, Mister White, Mister White, the hardware store owner, hears strange sounds coming from outside. He grabs his gun, goes out there, out on the main street, and sees the Van Meter visitor sitting on a telephone pole. He shot the monster, and the attack was met with a foul stench. Mm. That caused White to faint. Now, meanwhile, Mr. Greg, a local business owner, had been sleeping in his shop, <laughs> guarding <laughs> of course. It, his shop from burglars, <laughs> monster burglars. He heard the gunshot. He runs out in the main street, and the creature, he watched as the creature descended down the telephone pole, the big, you know, and he said he was using his beak like a parrot. And I think what he means is, like, if you watch parrots, right. they use their beak to climb and descend things. It's kind of like a third foot to stabilize them. And he said this creature was moving like that, like a parrot down the telephone pole and um 
he said that uh he said that um it was about um it, it looked i think like eight feet tall and it started hopping around like a kangaroo it was wow. moving around like a kangaroo it was moving from like hops to then crawling on all four legs kind of like a little little guy um and uh he okay so he's watching this happen and then he said uh that the fast mail came through town and i st- i was looking this up and i don't know if they meant on a train or an old truck or mm-hmm. an old carriage but it was a loud noise that everyone in town knew what that this was i'm assuming it was probably by train could have been by rail yeah yeah it could have sure. been by rail so i'm not sure and i'm sorry i was googling trying to figure out what does fast mail mean but um it, apparently the sound scared the creature and uh it scurry he watched it scurry around before it uh flew off in the direction of an old coal mine that was on the outskirts of town. So they start going, hey, maybe this creature is from that old abandoned mine shaft that we've got outside of town. It's been shut down for a while, but there was a tile factory near there. And on Friday during the workday, factory workers factory workers near the decommissioned coal mine heard strange noises coming from the cave that sounded as though, quote, Satan and a regiment of imps were coming forth for battle. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Satan's army of <clears throat> imps. Dude. So operations manager J.L. Pratt, he approached the old mine near 1 a.m. I just imagined a guy with, with, the, with a hand around his Wait a minute now. That sounds like, yep, oh, that's Satan's army and a bunch of imps. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that sounds like it to me. I'd know that sound anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so this guy, this old dude, J.L. Pratt, he uh, go. He's like, well, I heard this thing shows up around one a.m. So he's like, by golly, I'm going to go to that mine at one a.m. and see what happens. Wow! So he walks down to the mine, sat early Saturday morning, and sees the creature emerge from the mouth of the cave, and he watches in shock as not one but two, Ooh. a second creature, smaller in nature, but bo- but same kind of thing. Uh, walks out behind the other creature, and both visitors emit bright lights from their horns and fly off into the night. Wow. So J.L. Pratt, he's like, all right, it's time to round up a posse. Yeah. He goes, and he's like, guys, these things live in the mines. We're going to kill them, right? So he gets every <laughs> able-bodied male who's got a gun, which is everybody in town, right. to come and stake out the mine and wait for these creatures to come back so they can kill them. Posse time. Now, here's the thing. These creatures are not burglars. They have not really attacked anybody, right. but they're going to shoot these things dead. Well, yeah, and well, the shooting doesn't work anyway from the last two shotgun well, shots. Well, you know exactly, and, but and, they're going after it. Well, anyway. because it's uh, it's a big animal that no one's discovered yet I love in their minds, so they're going to kill it. Right? Yeah, hell yeah. So J.L. Pratt got together a huge posse with gunpowder that would have sunk the Spanish fleet. That's great. They waited outside the monster's lair, planning an ambush, and after an all-night uneventful stakeout, just as dawn was breaking and they were about to give up, here come these two creatures flying back home, and the and and the guys just start open firing, just shooting at oh. these things flying around. They're just like, oh, I love it. Yeah, they go <laughs> ape shit. They light they light up the sky. Light her up, boys. Yep. And that horrible stench comes back because it's clearly something that these creatures are emitting when they're feeling right. threatened. Um, they, they 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 shoot, they shoot, they miss. They they think they're making contact. Nothing. These creatures go whoop, whoop, slip through their fingers, go back into the mine. Wow! So they can't kill them. They couldn't catch them. What's the next best thing to do? Set it on fire. Uh, no. 
they're gonna close down the mine. Sure. They're gonna dynamite. They, yeah. So they um they on Saturday morning they come back. I love this game. <laughs> yeah, right. And deciding the creatures would be too difficult to hunt and kill, the townsfolk went to work barricading the mouth of the mines, blocking the entryway from the Van Meter's visitors' world and ours. Oh. And so they close down this mine. They seal up the cave, mouth of the cave, and these creatures are never seen again. Oh, my God. I the love town this still story. Ex- the town still exists, and it's become like a lot of these little towns like Flatwoods and Point Pleasant, which is a larger town. This is the Van Meter visitor has become kind of their mascot. And you can even take little walking tours, and they say that the cave still exists, and it's still barricaded. And why someone hasn't decided that they were going to open that cave back up and go see if they can find these creatures living down there. I mean, uh, I don't uh, know, but I got to say, it's so fun to have fun with this story. But if you're, here's a you know, I, conceptual, uh, of, uh, of, of what, um, Griffiths would have wow. seen on the top of that yeah. building that night. It's so fun to have so. like make light of this, but if you're in this and I know Iowans, these people are salt of the earth. They don't make stuff up easily. And, right. and, and if you're actually experiencing something, imagine the, Dang. imagine the dread and the terror of like your town being invaded by what you may deem as something satanic or something otherworldly i mean this thing shoots a light out of a yeah Yeah. and it's got kind of like characteristics of a dragon you know but instead of fire it's a light and i guess what i'm saying is they weren't taking this lightly you know what i mean this was like holy and i was listening to i was listening to another podcast that talked about this and i'm i think it was the not alone podcast so shout out to the not alone podcast but um, they had brought up, and I think this is in a book called The Van Meter Visitor. Um, wow. That uh, you have to remember that at the time that there was like, they had just discovered the mountain gorilla. Mm-hmm. And there was, it was a time when like, you know, we've brought up here where like big species were still being discovered sure. and were popping up in the news. So also too, they thought that this thing might just be a new animal that they hadn't discovered yet. Well, that, but then when they start shooting laser beams yeah. out of its horn, you're like, it's not, special. not yeah. we don't <laughs> have, we don't have anything He's like that. very special. <laughs> no, it's pretty cool. So that's a Van Meter visitor. That is amazing. And we come back, we're going to ask Brittany, what the hell was that? Cause she's going to know. She is going to know. I'll tell you who knows. Hey guys, Bryce Johnson here. Each week we post exclusive photos with our guests and great visual aids on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on Facebook and Twitter at Bigfoot underscore C Club. Check them out. You don't want to miss them. Thanks for listening. And we're back and it's time for What the Hell Was That? Brittany, (laughs) Van Meter Visitor, what What is it? What the hell was that? Yeah, what do you think? Well, okay, my first question was, all those salt of the earth are like upstanding guys who left their shops. Did they all get burgled when they went to go do that all <laughs> yeah, night? this is all a distraction right. for the real burglars. <laughs> well, imagine the like, wife they and create- kids like, yeah, they- honey, I think you should stay with it. No, I'm going to sleep in the shop tonight. They just come back and the whole town is cleaned out. Right. So I think these creatures were really like... A creation from these burglars oh, who were trying that to, would be kinda uh, cool. to get in there and burgle. No. No, no there no. was no there was no, no burglar. I, Guys, there's never a burglar. <laughs> yeah. no sometimes some, unless there is and sometimes there are. No, I mean that was just them just trying to make uh, some common sense of what this is, those first two witnesses. But then I mean is and you know word travels fast around a small town yeah, like and, that. And so. uh this story too, I forget, it got picked up in the Des Moines newspaper mm-hmm. and then later was picked up, I think, by either the Chicago Tribune or maybe even the New York Times. 
Times. So this be, this got this became a national news item very quickly. And uh, again, you know, you have this you have an instance where people start with kind of confusion. Yeah. And these dudes, like you said, they're salt of the earth. This guy, Pete Dunn, who, like I said, went on to become mayor, very credible witness sure. in his town, sees this thing, describes it exactly. You have multiple witnesses yeah. describing well, what's their the consistent. Light? The light is what gets I know, me. It's like super, that. super. Well, weird. that's the thing. You can't call all of them crazy. You know what I mean? They're right. all yeah. experiencing this thing, this phenomenon, and it's whatever consistent. it is. It's consistent yeah. from night to night, and it's consistent from eyewitness account to eyewitness well, account. Well, not only that, it's causing a little bit of bodily harm with that noxious gas yeah. so i mean there's there's high stakes here you know i mean people are protecting not just their businesses but their families i mean you know from whatever this horrid thing flying around <laughs> and invading their small town and especially coming from that mine you know a common thing you, you'll hear is like caves and like mm-hmm. dark crevices I... where these creatures seem to emerge and, from and the earth. Yeah. yeah from the earth and go back to it i mean that is just that is some wild shit, man. I cannot believe I had not heard of that story. Yeah. So, Brittany, do you think this thing is an uh, animal? Do you think it's what, what? What is this thing? If you had a guess, I mean, I mean, and I would you think do, it was some kind of this animal is what you have because, to do because on this, the show. this is the segment yeah, of the, the show where we do this. Got it. It's the it's the light thing that's throwing me yeah. out. Like that's what makes me feel like it's some kind of otherworldly. Right. So there's something. Bizarre... It might be an ultra terrestrial, which is a a creature that exists in more than one dimensions. And that's kind of what I'm thinking a little bit like Mothman, Mm. um, is that maybe there is a entrance way to another dimension in that mine. Sure. And that this thing is slipping in and out of our reality. This is something we talk about. All well, the time. The government All the time. This. Yeah. Well, and you know, we talked about time and a place. There seems to be an unfolding of a window of opportunity here that happens at around one a.m. You know. So yeah. And it's so weird. These things emerge and then right. they and then they they just kind of pop out of existence. So who's to say that they actually barricaded those things back in there, or just what they had come to do was accomplished and then they're well, done? Yeah. You know? It's like you you've brought up before. Like right. sometimes these creatures show up and then they disappear, mm-hmm. right? And like, why was this just showing up all of a sudden? And they said that the light, the strange light makes me think of like in so many of these cases where you have these weird sort of creatures. I mean, you'll see strange lights in the sky, Yeah, uh, the the building to building. That's not like his horn light, as they say, but perhaps that he was flew an, across or yeah. maybe signaled to the other one. Or Yeah, that's great, too. You know, because there's this, this also falls into the category. Sometimes we talk on the show about how when you hear some of these stories, the creatures that are in them seem to reflect where human like technology is sort of at that time and place in history. What's in the current psyche you of know, the people as and, far as monsters? And, and one thing that's lore. interesting about this light is the witnesses described it as an similar to an electric headlamp, like mm. on a car, because cars were new. Yeah. Electricity was still new. Yeah. So it's weird that you have this creature that's sort of like a vulture, sort of like a bat, sort of like I think it looks like a pterodactyl or well, when, when, well let me ask you, when you hear so, shining a bright light in a bedroom window, well, what do you think of? And also it's like UFO, UFO stuff. UFO abduction right. story. But, but it's interesting that they describe the light being less like a lantern or a flame, but like mm. an electric light, right? Wow. And that's something that's new, newer to cold. I mean, there's obviously people then that remember before a time before electricity. So there's some weird parallel to that as well. But I think it's interesting. It sounds to me 
physically, it's like, what if it's an old dinosaur? You know, like, what if it's an old dinosaur flying around that somehow survived? But the light, again, the light is what makes it weird in this blunt horn on its Well, there's beak. a lot so, that makes it weird just well, beyond yeah. the light. I mean, let's be honest. This is this is a tale, nothing out of the ordinary. This is, this is completely out of the realm of, like, what's normal and what's to even not normal. This is so strange and cryptid to use the word but and not only that it, it seems dangerous in its effect in its effect you know very strange very scary i That's mean it's a cool story it is great i yeah. have a question about ultra yeah. terrestrial so an yeah. ultra, I'm, I'm, i wasn't familiar with that term so would would that an ultra terrestrial manifest itself in things that are familiar to well this is what we talk about so um possibly so basically <sighs> To give you a little context, the word extraterrestrial right. means something coming from another planet. Right. Uh, so let's say, you know, out of our solar system, coming here physically and visiting Like us. a traditional idea of what a UFO, or like an alien or an ET right. is. The uh, other class ET might ET be intradimensional, which means it's popping up here on this earth plane from another reality, from another yeah. portal or dimension. Um, yeah. Not coming from without, but coming from within. Okay. Right. And uh, I think intra and ultra are basically the same thing. Yeah. So. So it's something that might live not just in our dimension, but across multiple dimensions. And when it, um, there's a couple theories, and most of these are ours, but I, <laughs> but I think like I think it's pretty common though that um, we're kind of getting into on this show the idea of perhaps whatever the thing is presents itself in a form that you might psychically project on it to see it or witness it. So, for example, but, yeah. the Van Meter visitor um, in 1903 might look sort of like a bat creature, vulture bat creature. So it's it's got parts of, it's sort of bits and pieces of things that are um, of that area of, of that time. So right. bats, birds, mm-hmm. and then there's a weirder element added to it, like this light, this electric beam of light. Okay, mm-hmm. that could be a reflection of the technology at the time. Not, so, not only that, it's not relegated to hallucina- hallucination. There's right. physical traces. There's physical traces from, of it uh, from the guy taking the the plaster cast of the footprint. And multiple right. people have seen it, but in 19- just like your cat when my, you said you saw it and you, you yeah, felt, felt it, it, you pet it. It's a physical textile touch thing. So, so this thing but, might. It, it's Tactile. sort of like it's sort of like a thing where it takes to it takes the creature and you to sort of decide what it's going to gonna look it, like, right? right? The, the observer and so is important. in 1903, it looked like a, this cre- bat creature. Maybe in 2003 or 2018, mm. oh, it I might look like a, like a like a like a glowing orb or right. something that looks like a more sci-fi UFO or maybe a more traditional alien that we think of now who knows or i don't may, know or maybe that's the mothman back in 1903 right and maybe in oh. 1969 the mothman loses the beam of light and gets the red eyes and darker wings i don't know it's either a flesh and blood creature or it's a flesh and blood creature from another dimension yeah one that either lives in this earth deep deep within this earth or is from another dimension or there's something else happening where these creatures present themselves in the physical realm but it takes our brain and our psychic projection of what they might look like to complete it to complete its manifestation well, this is sort of and where I physics think, is and leading, that's what like know? the ultra mm-hmm. terrestrial stuff comes in 
You so know, our current our current understanding of physics tells us that uh, you know when it comes to particles that they actually exist in two different states until we observe them. So the taking of observation actually concretizes those images or those those feelings or whatever, you know, and especially in a group setting, it makes mm -hmm. it even more extraordinary, I think. Because there's the some yeah. weirder thing happening with these stories. It's like, and I think the explanation might be just beyond the realm of our imagination. You mm -hmm. know, it's really hard to think about it. Like, well, because why? Why is why are these things coming here? Mm -hmm. Everything has a motive, right? So are they are they trying to extract something from the coal mine? Are they here? Um, you know, crossing fields of parallel dimensions is it, who? Maybe it's a creature that lives in the bowels of the earth and has a beam of light to help them get well, around. I mean, maybe it's dark in there. Maybe yeah. the motive is to terrorize. You but know, see, God, bats have been... sonar, right? Mm, yeah. Bats yeah. develop sonar for that very reason. So that's a more effective way of moving around in the dark than having a beam a beam of light shooting out of your head. Riley, what do you think? I think little Timmy was going to fall into the abandoned mine, so oh, okay. the creature showed up <laughs> to trick the people into closing up the mine. Right, right, right. They knew oh, yeah. that little Timmy was Well, you know, fall that's, that's funny you mentioned that. I was like, I was thinking, you know, what are the contextual fields outside of this story maybe like 10 years before, 10 years after? I mean, we, did, we it's hard to, hard to put it into well, a context. Well, this thing could be of, a ghost. We don't, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it's, it's again, like one of these kind of checks all these different boxes. Ghosts don't leave plaster cast footprints. That Bigfoot right. does. Well, this is the thing. So you have elements of Bigfoot stories yeah. in it. You have element of UFO stories in it. You have traditional monster, like creature. So what are you saying? You win the high strangeness? No. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> but this, this is the definition of high strangeness. It really this is. This is really what, where the term comes from. It's like, what? what oh, this is so strange. And you have all, and, and you could go, well, it never happened, or these people exaggerated. But I don't know. This doesn't. This, this type of thing doesn't, for lack of a better term, manifest out of nowhere. No, it's You know true. what I mean? Right. These stories, ha something happened. These people witnessed something. There wasn't, yeah. And there were multiple ones. And I don't think they're all just misinterpreting a vulture. No. Because people knew what vultures look. These guys yeah, all have no. guns. They hunt. They know what a turkey vulture looks like. No, you know? no. And you can't yeah, just call different. these people crazy or you can't say they're hallucinating. Um you know, and this this isn't just something that happens in 1903. This is happening all the way up to present day. It's where, happening in Chicago right where people now. People are experiencing these. People are seeing a, a bat-like man bat, yeah, Mothman Moth Man creature is back. in, in, in urban Chicago happening right now. There's Absolutely. Like, uh, dozens of eyewitnesses. There's there's this guy that's uh, recording all of it and putting all of it on a on his web website. And so what's really happening is it's confounding science and the materialist right. kind of world that we live in because you know the majority of people like we were talking about who aren't paying attention to these articles that come out in the Times say, yeah. no, they're crazy or no, they're not seeing that or. I don't know what it is, but it didn't happen. And you know, and, 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 and you and you do a, a huge disservice to yourself and and to and, and to uh, and to society as a general. There's there's something real happening. It's a phenomena. Mm -hmm. um, it's unexplainable, but that it's tangible. You can hold it in your hand, yeah. and it's real. And it's like nobody has any idea. Even Mike and I are like, "What the fuck?" Especially us. We're just a couple. <laughs> I know, on our own but it's fascinating here. nonetheless, because doesn't it change everything of the paradigm of what reality is? You know, we all think we have a pretty good, our science has shown us, oh, we've got it all figured out. We pretty much I know can everything relax now. now, you know, we're missing a few subatomic particles, but other than that, we got it all figured out. <laughs> Again, I like, uh, I like who your, are these rednecks? <laughs> <your scientist laughs> <voice there? laughs> 
Well, I could stick them into the uh, that same voice because they don't know everything. And for the, those of us who you know who like to think that we've got it all wrapped up in a perfect bow and it fits all inside a box, you are wrong, wrong, yeah, wrong. We're so limited by the reality that we live in. I mean, we're really limited by it. You know, our perspective is. I mean, we have a very awesome and privileged view of the universe i think like and we're allowed to really understand the context of where we are but i think we we barely understand what what reality we're we're living in i think that's right mike i mean think about like i I look at all the time of my cute doggies and i'm like they don't know who trump is they don't know what bills are they don't know how they got here they don't know that they're going to die they have yeah. a very limited they like they well, have we their don't home. know if they're conscious you yeah know? We, have, we don't well, know what their consciousness they are. is yeah they, but but they have their home they have me they have each other they have the people that they know they have the neighborhood and and they know that there's a larger world out there we've taken road trips we've gone different places but they don't know that they're on planet earth they don't mm-hmm. know what the solar system is so think about that right i mean Duh! Obviously, dogs dogs are dumb. Basically, I'm trying to say dogs are dumb. But now, okay, apply those same rules to human beings sure. and our understanding of the universe. Okay, right. we hit a limit at a certain point, and I think that there is something in people. If you're religious, you already believe this that there's a higher power, that there's a god, that there are beings outside of this dimension called angels that live in a heavenly dimension, whatever that is, that have some sort of interact that we don't know. You know, well, we don't what, have the big picture. That, and so yeah. I think we, in that way, we're like our dogs where we have an understanding of our reality up to a point. And I, but I think it goes way, I think reality and what this is. Well, and this is where what it goes way beyond our understanding. It. And there are other higher dimensional or higher intelligences that are looking at us and going, oh, those poor little puppies. They don't know what they're. So sweet. They and, don't, they, they, they know their world and they don't know what the context of the bigger picture is. Here. Well, and for me, this is where dogma and religion gets frustrating is because people love to pick and choose, right? They love to say, well, everything in the Bible is pretty much true, except for maybe this or that or that thing, you know? And it's so they like to to pick and choose their reality when it's it's it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's all or nothing and I'm definitely not saying it's a literal you know uh translation right. of uh taking place but uh yeah man yeah. I, we I just it's confounding to say the least yeah awesome story man thanks that dude was, yeah, that was great. Uh, thank cool. you so much we're gonna come right back with collector's corner and then we'll wrap it up awesome hey guys it's Michael I'm out in the forest looking for Bigfoot with the crickets But I wanted to let you know that at the end of this episode, we have a response from Kevin Kirkpatrick to Donald and Champlin as their feud continues on. You may remember a couple weeks ago, Kevin Kirkpatrick called her out on our Listener Files episode and then Donald responded, toot sweet. And Kevin has a comeback for Donald. I'm worried they're going to fight. I'm worried that they're never going to know that they love each other. But uh, stay tuned for that response after the end of this episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. (gasps) What the hell was that? And we're back. It's time for Collector's Corner now, Brittany. All right. Ooh. So I brought you, something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah, right. Don't jump the gun jump here. Jump the gun. Sorry. Brittany, did you ever collect anything? When I was younger, I collected shells oh. and i collected because you grew up in california in southern california and in hawaii 
Oh, wow. Um, That's cool. And, uh, <laughs> wow. Hawaii. Hawaii, say. Love that Hawaii. Hawaii, USA. <laughs> but no, no, I haven't. Uh, no, I, I want to have something to collect, but I feel like I, I just have. Well, you're a parent, too. So I feel like one, I, I, I know uh, this should apply to Bryce, but it doesn't. But I feel like <laughs> I know a lot of parents that are just like, I don't want any more crap in my house. I, have, I, already I have so was just crap. about to say, it was like, I'm just trying to like clean house right yeah. now. Yeah minimalize shows i'm all about that too but it's part of a big collecting thing i mean books are always a big thing of mine and i got a good one for you i got right here edgar casey on atlantis oh wow and uh, are you familiar with the sleeping prophet edgar casey (laughs) no or how about how about atlantis the uh the story of atlantis have you ever heard of that well so edgar casey was known as the sleeping prophet and for most of his life he would go into a, a, a sort of a semi-sleep state, and his wife would transcribe. And, and usually it was people that came in and say, you know, my wife is dealing with an ulcer. Is there something we could do? And, and you know, Edgar Casey would slip into a trance. And he was big on reincarnation and pulling from what's known as the Akashic Record, which means mm-hmm. everything that's ever happened, everything that's going to happen is available in the ether. And what is he- the term for? I forget. He would like, uh, there was a term that it was like dream. Uh, he would like, uh, I know it's sort of like a version of astral per- projection but he would uh, it's not that but he would i think edgar casey talked about he would be able to see the dark side of the moon and structures on the moon of of, of from civilizations that were ahead of our ahead of us that have long yeah that's pretty much right like and that that is Forget sort the of an astral, oh. yeah he could he could uh displace his sort of uh spirit energy and and sort of get a seer's eye us you know um, and i think he would go back in time and look at atlantis and he wrote about it is but, that what this book is yeah well so the 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 biggest accounts where people pull from atlantis and we use it in all of our stories and mythologies today came from plato and the second most came from Edgar Casey on on his over 650 readings and generally he'd spice in well this is what happened in Atlantis and anyway this is a a, a great book and uh, it's a, super a pretty, old school a pretty I love good that copy it looks too. like it's from the 70s books. yeah no doubt about it well Cute. anyway it was such a pleasure seeing you Britney. and having you on so our show uh, where can people you find guys. you if you want to be found um on social media at Brit Ishibashi that's with mm-hmm. two t's Okay. Yeah. And uh, so Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter. Stuff. And then uh, what can we look forward to seeing you on soon? Season one of Runaways is now available to stream Check it in out. its entirety on Hulu, and season two will be available soon. We will be watching. So cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Bryce, anything? Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, just uh, I think uh, Bobcat Goldway's <laughs> Misfits and Monsters should be coming out maybe this summer. Look for that on True TV. Sweet. Uh, find me mm-hmm. on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, Miss yeah. Bryce Johnson. And, uh, you know, you can just find my pictures of garbage at Trashbag. All right. Cool. And uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm going to be at uh, WonderCon March Ooh. 24th and 25th. Uh, come on down to Anaheim Convention Center. I'm uh, signing preview copies of my new comic book, <gasps> oh, yeah, Adventure Man. I just saw Man. that. It was so cool. Just Congrats, got, by I the know way. I meant to bring them in for you guys, and I forgot. I forgot that I have them. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm starting a new comic book uh, called Adventure Van. It's, uh, it involves portals, actually. Cool. And um, that'll come out in... I think this summer, maybe June again, maybe this summer. But um, I mean, definitely this summer. I just don't have a hard street date for when it comes out. But you can get a 10-page preview of the first issue for free, and I will sign up for you at WonderCon. Check so it out. And a huge congrats on that, yes, by the way. Guys. Way to go, man. I know. It's been a... It's a project that was a long time in the making. We were it, it got stalled up for a little bit, and now it's back in action. So it's all it's finally happening. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, great. You can find me at McMills on Instagram. Uh, I want to thank our guest, Brittany. 
I want to thank our producer, Riley Bray, for putting all these sounds together. I want to thank the band Sun Eaters for our music from the song Come Alone, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Which everybody loves. And I want to remind, before we go, we are launching our Patreon uh, on March 28th. Yes. And we're going to do something very simple. It's going to be very minimal donation. But for a minimum donation, you will get bonus content uh, behind the Patreon wall. Episodes that you can't hear here. Here, here. And, um, so so take it. Take, we'll, we'll tell you more about that as, as it comes. But I want to reassure everybody that this feed will remain free. And you're going to get all these episodes every week, just like you want. But you're going to get more stuff if you want to throw us a couple bucks a month. Yep. Appreciate the fanship. No doubt. And we'll keep you posted <clears throat> on that. We have a really exciting week next week i will be on um i should just say this right now i'm gonna Do be it. on uh, tuesday uh i will be on craig ferguson's serious <laughs> xm radio show we are going to talk a lot about bigfoot collectors club Great. and then craig is going to be our guest next week what? the day after on the podcast awesome that's gonna be an awesome episode so we have really cool stuff coming up for you guys so yeah um i think that's next week yeah it is and then on the 28th we'll we'll launch our we'll launch Launch our Patreon. Okay, yeah, I'm clearly done. We gotta go. <laughs> I can't talk here. anymore. Uh, it's bad enough as it is. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week with our see special ya. guest, thanks, Craig everybody. Ferguson. <laughs> bye. bye. Thank you, Brittany. Bye. 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 Goodbye, little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Kevin Kirkpatrick. Hi Bryce, hi Michael. I'm leaving a little message because it's a reply to Donna Lynn who left a little message for me. Now just to catch anyone up who doesn't know the story, me and this woman have got our wires crossed and it's an ugly feud. Let me tell you my origin story because I feel like it's important and it hasn't been told. This house was giving me some fits. By the way, I think we're doing great now. I'm sitting up here with a Negro Medella and having the time of my damn life tonight. So, I'm at peace. But I was not doing well when I was in the throes of trying to get some things fixed on this house and they kept backfiring. So, I call Michael McMillan. He's going to help me out. He says, I just had someone on the show who does all this. We talked at length about lifting curses and cleansing or whatever. I don't remember the words. I was so excited because I thought, thank you. He is about to send me a witch. And I thought that's what I was getting. I thought he was sending me a professional witch. I even texted him and Michael came back to me up and said, do I need to pay this woman? I don't know how witchcraft works. I don't know if that's offensive to pay them or if that's how they make their living. But I was set to have this person come over here and just brew up a whole bunch of magic in my house. Now, I come from Texas. I am more than experienced with people telling me, bless your heart, I'll pray for you. Well, you know, Jesus knows what you need, and he's going to say, you know. And this, there might be some truth in that. I've drifted just a little bit from the 
the the church, and by just a little bit, I mean I haven't been since I was 16, <laughs> but just imagine, Donna Lynn, my surprise. Again, I didn't know who you were. You're just someone, you're a witch named Donna. That's all I knew in my mind. I didn't know you were an actor friend of Michael's. See, I didn't know any of that. Imagine my surprise when I'm so excited to have my first experience with the witch. A, she texts me, and I was like, oh, okay, I thought she might come over here, and I might Venmo her for her powers. But she texts me, okay, this witch is busy. She's going to throw me a text, and I guess I'll do it on my own. Fine. And then I start reading this text, and it's basically saying, just walk into your bathroom, stand in front of the window, and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and it's just all going to be fine. It was a little bit, a little bit surprising. And then this draw the cross at the wind, literally every window, every door. I, I, I was just thrown by that. I mean, I'm, I thought somebody was going to roll up here and like a hearse, a hearse that was like black with like purple license plate frame. And she was going to lug a cauldron out of the back of it. And we were going to get shit fixed. So, as someone who's had my share of experience with the very churchy folk, who, by the way, just happen to be the kinds of people that sort of did me the wrongest in my life, so I have a little mistrust for them, uh, I got that text, and I was like, what in the world is this? So, of course, next thing I know, I'm sitting up on Michael's show. They bring it up. And now, Donna Lynn, you know they're going to pull it out of you. They're going to pull that story out of you on that show. So I start yammering, and here's the thing. I take back my accusation, which was probably just a a joke, that you might be affiliated with the religious right. I now understand you're not. But I'm not going to take you all the way out from under that bus, Donna Lynn, because I don't know that you're a very good witch. I don't know that if your witch teachers, whoever taught you this stuff to begin with, would be happy about the fact that A, you're texting your spells, B, you're using just one spell that was pasted from some other client and throwing it to the next client. That is, I mean, I'm not even a warlock or a witch, but I know you can't do the same spell on the same house to the same people. Any more than if you're sick, Donna Lynn, I'm not going to show up at your doorstep with a bunch of banana nut muffins if I know you're allergic to nuts. You got to know who you're dealing with. So let's say Donna Lynn, wonderful actor, wonderful person. Is she a wonderful witch? No. Right now she's got a very low Yelp rating from me. But there's a way out of this. I need Donna Lynn to show up at my house, burn a bunch of weeds or whatever they do, and let's get this magic going and let's straighten this out. And then I'm going to go back on Michael's show next time and I'm going to sing the praises of the wonderful good witch named Donna Lynn. But until then, I hate you. And I love you. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. 
Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.